Welcome to The Transit Authority, the official podcast of the American Public Transportation Association. Recording today remotely from Washington, D.C. and San Jose, California. Now let's get started. Welcome to The Transit Authority. I'm Paul Spitelli, ASSIS President and CEO, and this is the first episode of a new podcast in which we introduce the people, organizations, and ideas that are transforming public transportation. And what better guest to kick this off than ASSA Chair Nuria Fernandez, the General Manager and Chief Executive Officer of the Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority. Nuria, welcome. I know the pandemic's impact on public transit is our primary focus right now, but let me begin by asking how you and your agency's employees are doing during this very uncertain time. Hello, Paul. Congratulations to you and your team for coming up with the idea of launching an after podcast. Very well done. I wanted to take this opportunity to thank the courageous men and women at the front lines fighting the good fight to stop the spread of this pandemic. And to all transit workers nationwide for continuing to deliver service, those are our heroes, moving heroes. BTA's transit workers are doing exceptionally well. Thanks for asking. They understand the importance of the role that we play in keeping our community moving, as our very communities are dealing with the struggles that the life changes have brought on by the COVID-19. We have instituted a series of measures to ensure that we can build confidence uh, in our ridership and have them come back when the economy opens. We have rear door boarding. Uh, We're not accepting fares at this time. We have blocked off seats on trains and buses to maintain distance. And we're cleaning our trains and our buses multiple times a day. We're also limiting the number of passengers on board. But we've notified our operation control center and we have buses on standby. The public health order that was issued March 16 has been extended and it requires all riders to have a face covering. So we've procured face masks not only for our operators and all of our employees and we have a supply of masks available for our street supervisors in the event there are riders that do not have face coverings that have to use the system. We are also designing pull-down shades of clear plastic to install when fare collection resumes uh, to protect our drivers. And as the shelter-in-place restrictions ease gradually, we will still need to be diligent to keep everyone safe. The order has been extended and uh, certain restrictions have been eased on construction workers and some daycare services. So we anticipate that it's not only going to be essential workers that are going to be using our service, but we'll start to see a flow of other workers uh, that are accessing public transit. I am very optimistic that DTA and our industry are going to emerge stronger and smarter and more vital when this is all over. Well, Nuria, you assumed your role as ASSA chair last October uh, in New York, and it was a great meeting, our transform meeting. And I know that you had great excitement, as we did at ASSA, for the year ahead. But I think it's safe to say that the year that we had planned and that you had planned changed a bit since you became ASSA chair. So maybe you want to comment a bit on that. Well, you know what they say, the best laid plans. So... No, I was not anticipating this 
type of year. Uh, but one thing I know is that we have a three-year strategic plan, and I had hoped to focus on starting implementation of that plan this summer. My predecessor, David Sacro, led a consensus-driven effort last year to develop a new strategic plan that highlighted four major areas, advocacy, leveraging new mobility services and technologies, developing leaders and the future-ready workforce, and enhancing safety, security, and system resilience. Your leadership throughout these months here has been extraordinary. You kept your focus on our strategic goals, but very much looking at how those goals apply to our current crisis, and that's been truly remarkable. Can you comment about that? Yes. Our three-year strategy has real relevance to what's happening now. Our industry needs more resources, and we talk about this all the time. We're very grateful for the diffusion of funds that came through the CARES Act, but we have an industry that's not only providing services today in this emergency, but has to continue providing services in the long run. And uh, having transit-friendly policies are needed now more than ever. The pandemic has required transit agencies to be much more innovative, flexible, and responsive, and to use technologies like we're doing today just to communicate through a series of video conferences and webcasts. All these elements are part of this new mobility. Crisis requires leadership to a new way of operating, and that requires skilled, knowledgeable workforce. So looking at the, the strategies that we had already laid out, I think those play very well. Safety and security and resilience are at the heart of keeping customers and employees safe and healthy and in winning back the confidence of our transit riders. Well, Neri, your background, having not, not only been on, in the private sector, but also managing and leading a public transportation agency, certainly made making this pivot uh, a very quick one uh, as our at the chair, and also helping our members make the pivot. Would you tell us about this new task force that you've established that's intended really to deal with this crisis that we're in? Yes, I've, I've created a mobility restoration and recovery task force because we knew our members needed emergency funding. We need to regulate uh, regulation and tax relief, information and solutions that were working in other places, and technical and operating guidance on what to do and how to do it over an extended period of time. And we needed effective messages for a variety of audiences. APTA was doing a great job already. We securing passage of the CARES Act and $25 billion for transit agencies, hosting a series of webinars on a wide range of member-driven issues and organizing virtual town hall meetings and small roundtable discussions to share information and stay connected. I've also provided examples of best practices and guides for transit systems, and I'm very grateful for those daily bulletins to come in very handy. I celebrate the work, the good work that my colleagues across the country are putting in place. But I saw a need to gather our members' knowledge and experience and focus on a plan for the duration of the crises and then after the crises. The task force was the most effective way to bring together everyone on a common set of objectives. The three co-chairs have begun uh, discussions at each of their group of task force members to determine how best to solicit input from and to engage the membership uh, overall. Some items could roll out quickly, such as a checklist for activities and actions necessary to begin restoration of service and efforts to define an industry standard for cleanliness of equipment, which is 
something that many members have been asking to lead on. You know, Nuri, I know you and I both have heard a lot uh, from our members. Uh, they have very much applauded uh, your establishment of this task force. They recognize how critical it is to the future of our industry. Uh, could you elaborate a bit more on the objectives of the task force? Yes, we have uh, three main objectives. First is to develop a path forward for public transportation's core functions and our financial stability. Next is to tell our story about courageous and innovative efforts to keep transit safe. And then last is to explore new methods, tools, and approaches to reposition our industry's essential role in a post-pandemic mobility world. Thanks to the leadership of Phil Washington, the CEO of LA Metro, whom I've asked to lead the task force, uh, we're off to a quick and exciting start. We have an ambitious work plan. We will complete our recommendations by September 1st, but because our transit agencies need support and solutions now, we expect to have deliverables released on a rolling timetable during the next four months. Thank you, Nuria. Let's take a moment now for a short break. And then we'll continue our conversation with our guest, Nuria Fernandez. APTA continues to monitor the impact of the coronavirus and is providing information to public transportation organizations throughout North America through its COVID-19 Resource Center. Find it at APTA.com. We're back with Nuria Fernandez, APTA Chair and General Manager and CEO of the Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority. Nuria, you've had an impressive career in both the public and private sectors. Uh, please tell our listeners or share with them how you got a start in public transportation. I think they'd be very curious to know about your background, and especially how this experience and background have informed your experience and leadership during this time of crisis that we're dealing with, this pandemic. I started my career in transportation over 35 years ago with the City of Chicago Department of Public Works. And I have to say it has led me that from that beginning through where I am today through a series of modes. So I am multimodal, beginning with highway bridges then moving into airports and then public transit. Public transportation has been a love of mine from the late 80s. Uh, with my experience coming in at the Chicago Transit Authority to be uh, head of their design and construction division and understanding transit from the infrastructure perspective and then moving into management of transit system, followed by the time that I spent at the U.S. Department of Transportation in the 90s has given me a broad brush of what transportation is, what it means to local communities, what it means to region, state, and the, and the nation as a whole. We are a catalyst to economic development. Public transportation is a spine. It keeps things moving, and that's one of the reasons why I stayed uh, in this industry, why I celebrate all of our wins, and I look for opportunities to continue building upon the experiences, infrastructure, funding and financing, and operations and maintenance to keep this industry not only strong and vibrant, but to make sure that we showcase how essential we are because without public transportation, we'll be back to congestion and we'll be back to 
the inability of many who do not have options but to use our service, losing them to this economy. I celebrate transportation. I am very blessed uh, to have had opportunities that have given me not only access but also helped me build experience in this industry and in a position to be able to help others so they can help many. Well, Nuria, we're very fortunate to have you both as APTA chair and certainly as an industry leader with your varied background. Given that background and, and where you are today, what do you see ahead? Tell us how agencies like yours are planning for the future after we get through this pandemic. And certainly we hope that that's coming up soon here. But what do you see on the horizon after we get through this crisis period? Well, one thing I want to note is that our transit systems are adapting and innovating very well. I have spoken to so many CEOs who have brought their teams together and come up with some very innovative ideas that we wouldn't have necessarily have to apply uh, but for the pandemic, but that would, are, are going to serve us extremely well as we move forward. As a result of that, there are many, many lessons that we have all learned. Based on that experience, agencies are developing plans to return to full service. Uh, many states are starting to open up their economies, so we're all at different phases, but we can watch each of us across the nation to see what works and what doesn't work very well. Uh, we know that there will be some challenges to returning to normal service delivery models. For example, if we need to continue social distancing practices, that's going to require significantly more fleet coverage uh, for this very same route. Uh, recovery will be a dynamic process. Uh, service will be ramped up very gradually. Uh, there'll be some tough standards in place to ensure that riders and workers are safe as ridership grows. And we want to make sure that our riders feel confident that they're stepping into a bus or train that has been clean, sanitized, and it's safe. The public transit industry will be establishing protocols and certifications for reinstituting service with the necessary safeguards. A call for action that we're all hearing from many industries these days is build back better. Transportation changed after 9-11. It changed after Hurricane Sandy. And it changed after earthquakes that affected my community. So change is one thing that we know how to deal with better than most. You know, Nuria, it, it sounds as though you, you very much are embracing the practical realities of the pandemic crisis. But at the same time, uh, you clearly are, are looking at this as an opportunity for the industry, for the industry to learn, to experiment, and to reinvent itself. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, changes will emerge in different ways. Another opportunity for public transportation to become resilient, flexible, efficient, and safer, and it, it is now. Many people have said the words, never let a crisis go to waste, and APSA is following that advice. Our industry will recover and become more essential to America's mobility network. Public transportation is a lifeline. It's a lifeline during good times, and it's a lifeline during this crisis, and it will remain a lifeline as we recover from this pandemic. One of the things that the crisis has demonstrated is the importance of public transportation in keeping our society working. Our employees are heroes, helping to transport other heroes on the front lines. Doctors, nurses, firefighters, police, social workers, grocery store employees. That lesson will be an important part of America's social and economic recovery. 
Well, Nuria, thank you very much. Uh, it's been great to share this time with you. Thank you for making time out of your extraordinarily busy day to do this podcast. And most of all, thank you for your inspiration and your leadership. We've just touched on the surface of many of these topics. Our upcoming podcast will focus on many of the topics and issues that have been raised today by Nuria. Thank you for listening. We look forward to your participation in the near future again. Thank you.